how we were going to get that that hundred knots quickly when when the range called 350 to 450, how we could get there. The old pilot's plane tales. Jeff Lee, master photographer, part three. I continue my interview with Jeff Lee, who is the chief photographer for British Aerospace and who worked for Eurofighter, Airbus and many other famous companies. His skill as an air-to-air photographer is renowned throughout the world of aviation. We left Jeff trying to get a photograph of the first RAF Typhoon ASRAM missile launch. So what Sally worked out whilst we were in transit was to actually dive down a thousand foot, whatever height they were at, we'd be a thousand foot above, put the aeroplane into a dive and obviously full throttle, and that would give us uh, a fairly rapid means of gaining that 100 knots. But of course, what we didn't take into account, that range also say, turn left, turn right, 10 degrees, five degrees. Now on a Eurofighter, when he turns right 10 degrees, he snaps there and he's instantly there. For us, obviously, we're lagging behind and we're still gaining speed. And we actually, when, when they, the pilot calls firing, firing now, we were just in the right place. And that shot, that, that gives me a lot of pleasure, primarily because it was the first time I'd ever used a digital camera to use um, for a firing. And I knew on an old film camera, I could get eight or nine frames a second. And I, somewhere within that roll of 36, I would have the money shot and one either side of that. But I would always have the money shot. But uh, at that time, the Nikon D1, uh, for me, I, and where I worked at Kingston was actually, which is still there opposite Nikon's headquarters, and I, we knew the, the, um, the salespeople quite well. So I went over there and said, how do I get my camera to get any frames per second? Because at that stage, digital photography was pretty crude. I had to turn off all the automatics, and instead of using the, the full frame uh, at that time, the FX, I had to then use the DX. So to get more megapixels, I had to use a smaller frame. And I turned off all the automatics, manually focused, manually hit. I'd already worked, sorted that out anyway. And then obviously pressed the shutter. And I, I could get to about five to six frames a second. But I got the shots. And I actually, when I give talks today, I put up on the screen... Again, I, my second missile firing was I shot on film and then I show the shot on digital and the quality. You can see, the, not the flames, but the afterburn of the, of the, from the missile and you can see all the rings. It is incredible. And that picture, and I think the actual uh, megapixel error was maybe five or six megapixels. And that picture, has, uh, we've blown it up to 40 metres by 20 metres. Good Lord. And the quality is outstanding. That's remarkable. Are there any um, pictures where you actually go, well, this was an award-winning picture, but it was actually pretty easy to take, quite honestly? <laughs> it's probably not for me to say. It's, yeah, I think I might have one or two in my, uh, my library. Uh, but I'll tell you another little true story. It's not necessarily about military aeroplanes. Uh, when Concord was going into retirement, I was asked by Airbus and BA Systems to organise two helicopters, but uh, one of the helicopters to have like the the aerial platform in it, which like you see on the, the Sky or the ITN helicopters, and they've got the big police uh, gimbal at the front. So I was asked, could I, um, you know, order two of those? I went from meeting to um, Filton. Both the, the last 
the, when they were going to bring in the last Concorde into Filton, those two pilots actually uh, I met. Uh, they, we jumped into a helicopter. We actually covered the route as I was the main photographer and we were working out the shot of Concorde over Clifton Bridge. So I took a, a digital camera. We worked out heights. We took turning points. That's the shot. I worked out what lens, where the helicopter was. And on the day, uh, I went uh, with, I think it was Sky News I was with. He was, They had got the contract, but they were going to pull it to BBC and ITV. But their cameraman was the, the guy that was going to operate it. And there was a second helicopter of which I met a, a local young a BBC photographer, um, whatever the local newspaper is in Bristol, never been in a helicopter before, never been in an air, never done an air-to-air before. He was he had been sent to cover this Concorde flight, and there was another news uh, uh, cameraman in the second helicopter. So we were the prime helicopter to do shots of Concorde over the factory, and then we had to position ourselves to get the shot over the bridge. So there we were lined up. We saw Concorde come into view, and Believe it or not, he turned a second early. And my shots are not over the bridge. They're over the houses, the river, and no bridge. And the the, the cameraman, because we were slightly... He turned early. He didn't get it either. So this young lad, who's never done anything in his life before, he got the winning photograph. And I've got to admit, it's absolutely brilliant. But this guy has won awards for, for that. But essentially, you know, I should have got an award for setting the whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I didn't get the photograph. <laughs> oh, yeah. As you say, the money shot. <laughs> I love it. Now, you're an independent freelance photographer now. Plain Focus is your company. Do you, you obviously still do a lot of aviation jobs. Can you list all the aircraft you've photographed over the years? Yeah, uh, essentially, I've got to admit, most of them are military. Um, but in recent years, I've been still using military, old ex-military airplanes to photograph civil airliners. Uh, but yes, uh, for example, uh, if you look at um, the Royal Air Force airplanes that I've photographed, uh, we'll start right at the beginning. So Nat, Hunter, Hawk, Jaguar, Buccaneer, Phantom, Harrier, Eurofighter, Tecano, Bulldog, Whirlwind, <laughs> Sea King, Wessex. Uh, Uh, And I've flown in most of those as well (laughs) from Valley. So, yeah. uh, And then I've been on modern day helicopters, Merlins, Chinooks, Apaches. So, yes, I've I've uh, I've been and obviously transport aeroplanes, lots of flights in Hercules out the back photographing aeroplanes. So, yes, a whole range. And then airliners. uh, I've done quite a bit with British Airways over the years. I was very fortunate I was asked by British Airways to photograph the... They painted up um, a Dove paint scheme on their on their Airbuses, a yellow a Tracy uh, Emin um, design. And I went out as soon as it came out of the paint shop. Uh, again, we met up over, over Kent and um, I actually did the air-to-airs on that. Uh, when they got their first 787 during its training flights, again, everything was totally um, briefed and everything... And they also wanted a shot uh, because it, part of its uh, flight was going over near Derby. They wanted a shot of the uh, Rolls-Royce Spitfire uh, flown by Phil O'Dell uh, in formation with the 787 over Derby and also the Rolls-Royce factory. So again, I was commissioned to do that for them. 
Fabulous. Talking of the Spitfire, do you do many warbird style well, pictures? Well, again, I've got another story for you. Uh, this was about five or six years ago. And this one was quite a special one because, um, again, I'm very lucky. I've worked with the BBMF, the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight, quite a few times over all the years. But this one really was, was really, it was one of these super jobs. I got a phone call on a Monday from British Airways, again, a pilot friend who was ex-Air Force. And he said, Jeff, on Saturday... Just to give you an idea what's happening, the Battle of Britain, I think the association, have hired an Airbus to fly over southern England to show um, there were going to be 14 Battle of the Britain pilots that were alive at the time actually in the aeroplane with loads of VIPs. And I can't remember all of them because obviously I wasn't on that aeroplane, but there were loads of dignitaries on there. And what they didn't know, so they all they were going to go over the you know Biggin Hill and the South Coast to where they always where they fought and also where they took off from. But what they didn't know is that the association had actually booked a Spitfire and a Hurricane. And when they arrived at the South Coast, the pilot was then going to um, start playing Battle of Britain music, and and on that cue, a Spitfire and Hurricane would actually appear in their windows either side. Oh wow! So this was Monday. So they said, Jeff, could you come up with a plan? Uh, oh, by the way, um, could you come up with a suggestion of how we how we'll do it um, and where we're going to do it? And oh, and by the way, can you uh, rent an aeroplane? Uh, can you uh, get a pilot? Oh, and uh, for tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, we would like some thoughts of, of how to put it together. So then I went about finding an aeroplane. Um, so then, again, I contacted my ex-RF friends and I found a JP3 that we could use. And the most important thing was it obviously had to have a little bit of endurance. And they, they actually, finding you not throttle bashing, they were actually not too bad for what we required. Wednesday afternoon, I got an email to say it had been approved. Saturday came, but before then, obviously, with B8, with the British Airways, and I was very lucky that the two guys flying the Spitfire and Hurricane were two old mates of mine, ex-Air Force guys. And also, the guy flying the Airbus was Paul Chenton, who was an ex-Battle uh, of Britain and F3 pilot. Oh, brilliant. So they knew my name before it all turned up. I knew them. So I knew I was dealing, again, even though it was British Airways and obviously independent Spitfire and Hurricane guys, we all knew each other. So on the day, believe it or not, uh, we had to pick our aeroplane up from East Midlands and then go come down to Manston because that was our rendezvous point uh, over over Manston. Spitfire and Hurricane came from two different bases. I don't know where, but they came from different places. And obviously the Airbus came from uh, Heathrow. We got airborne at our allocated time and we had to hold over Manston. Then we got a call on the radio to say the Airbus was late. Then the Spitfire and Hurricane uh, turned up but believe it or not the reason we were late because British Airways what they hadn't thought of was that 14 old people that needed 14 wheelchairs <laughs> and that was a delay so we basically oh, went dear. to height we, uh, we we just went in circles with the Spitfire and Hurricane and then eventually we got the call I think they were about 15 minutes late the Airbus went to a full pelt to come and join us and we literally joined up we went um uh, past Dover again uh, this stage 
they had the, the guys had no idea what was turning up and then suddenly obviously we got on the radio the spit and the hurricane just gently rose uh either side and apparently so we heard from the captain after we landed the guys on board were just like they couldn't believe you know that made their day seeing those airplanes oh super so we, we literally went went to seven sister did two circles went back to um Manston. Then we had to go back to North Weald because I'd organised an ITV uh, van to turn up, a satellite dish. I literally downloaded, oh, I gave him my videotape. I then legged it to Heathrow uh, with my cameras. I didn't even have time to get out my um, flying suit. Drove to Heathrow. We downloaded the images and put them to the newspapers. Uh, at the six o'clock news, my footage with the stuff that was on the Airbus was already being transmitted. Oh, superb. And then on the, on the bank holiday Monday, it, it had it uh, all my images um, over the um, over the Seven Sisters. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Do you have any uh, anecdotes uh, that you particularly enjoy telling over the dinner table? What's one of your favourites? I've been very fortunate. I've flown with the Saudi Air Force, the Omani Air Force, the German, the Italian, the Spanish, uh, all fantastic air forces. Met some lovely people, but. We were doing we were doing some flying in Oman and um, we were f- photographing and filming um, some Jaguar airplanes, of which there was a, a, a an ex RAF guy over there who um, again I've met in the UK at Coltishall and a few other places. We we did this uh, Jaguar sortie, air to air sortie, uh, and that all went incredibly well. And then we had to transit back to Mazira, which is a little island um, uh, to the east of uh, Oman, and uh, we transited back. Probably not the same altitude as we would have done in the UK. Uh, and uh, we got back uh, to uh, Mazira to find out that the sea fog had uh, occupied the um, the island. And again, I'd experienced that at RF Valley uh, with Nick. So I suppose I sort of knew what might be coming up. And uh, I also had been looking at the fuel gauge to realise that... Um, we probably weren't in a good place if we couldn't land. So we approached the main main runway. And as I kept looking left and right out of uh, our little aeroplane, uh, I still couldn't see any ground or concrete. And eventually we had to abort uh, landing because um, we just couldn't see the runway. Um, and then went round again. And uh, my pilot was 100% confident that uh, we would make it this time. And uh, as we came down to decision height... Uh, we literally just saw the uh, black and white piano keys uh, at the end of the runway. So he literally slammed the aeroplane down uh, and relief to my eyes because uh, we were very, very short on fuel. Wow. Wow. Now, photography served you wonderfully as a career, Jeff. How's it changed over the years? It's changed an awful lot, primarily with the equipment going from film to digital. The other side of the coin is in the old days... Um, Either we would process our films ourselves, produce contact sheets, give them to the customer, um, and then they would decide what prints or we would decide prints. Then we order the prints, then it would come back. Whereas today, I take my images and debriefing a sortie. That, that's probably the first thing that you encounter. So as soon as we land, have get all our kit off, um, our flying kit, um, then we, we sit down, we debrief, and I'll get my laptop out, put the um, uh, CF card in, and I won't go through every picture, but I'll just pick one or two pictures and I can put them either on the laptop screen or we'll put them on a screen. I can just say, right, this is, you know, uh, position number one, line of breast stepped up or echelon stepped down or whatever. I can show them an image. We can learn. I can learn from them. And, and again, they can learn from themselves. So 
debriefings better. People no longer want prints. Uh, everything now is electronic, so I'll send them a CD, a USB stick, or I'll WeTransfer. Whatever they want now, they can have it almost instantaneous. Absolutely, but hasn't it turned almost every enthusiast into a potential aviation photographer? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to get bitter about it. It is what it is. And I first experienced it uh, in Italy about uh, ten years ago. I was doing a job for Eurofighter, and it was um, Michael Schumacher was uh, driving for Ferrari. And uh, our test, Italian test pilot, what they wanted to show over three ranges or distances, how whether the Eurofighter could win or whether the Euro, whether the Ferrari would win. It was, it was that year's uh, Formula One car and it was Shumi actually driving it. Brilliant. And it was one of our test pilots that was flying the um, Eurofighter. The bottom line is once uh, that, that Eurojet engine lights up at the at medium to short distance, the Eurofighter was always going to win. So where I first started to notice it is that um, at the end of it, we wanted some photographs of test pilot, Schumacher behind his car with Eurofighter behind that. And there was an awful lot of press there, primarily Italian, but there were a few other Europeans, obviously us there. And then there was all the security. And we were trying to get these shots. And this was where I first noticed the mobile phone and iPad started Half our shots we couldn't use because there was everybody putting their, their mobile phones up to take pictures. And they were for themselves. You know, we were doing it for the world's press. That's when I first started to really realise that digital photography, yes, it's great, but actually mobile phones can be a real nuisance when you're you know, trying to do something professionally. Brilliant. It's been fabulous talking to you. Have you got any final thoughts? All I can say is I've been in this business for a long time. I'm probably coming to the end of my active uh, air-to-air career, but it's, it's been a fascinating career, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of what I've achieved and what I've done. Uh, I've got won a few little awards here and there for you know, various projects we've been in, but it's, I think if I was starting out now as a young photographer uh, with what's happened within the industry, if I was starting out now, I would probably question myself whether I'd want to get into photography. Not because I don't enjoy it, and I still, to this day, I still get a buzz, you know, when I put my flying suit on, get the cameras and walking, you know, and sitting in a, with a, an ejection seat or whatever aeroplane. That, that has never diminished. I thought one day, you know, there was a time where I was just like, I really can't be bothered, and, and I've never got there. Photography, I love it as much today as I did all those years ago. But as a career now, uh, I don't know, but you know, I'm. I still to this day, I'm. I'm fighting fit, and you know, I'm always ready for my next air to air sortie. Brilliant! I want to thank you very much indeed for giving us your time and sharing your experiences with us. My pleasure, Nick. My enormous thanks to Jeff for his time and his insights into this fascinating subject. If you want to see what Jeff's up to and take a look at some of his images, visit his website at plainfocus.com. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Plane Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy show, and you can find us at airlinepilotguy.com.